1420 WBSM presents Ray Lance of the USA Wealth Group. It's time to get your finances in order. MoneyWise starts now. Good Sunday morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to MoneyWise. Good morning to Attorney Tenny Lance. Good morning, everyone. Good morning to financial advisor Peter Lance. Good morning, Pete. I'm actually an investment advisor representative, but I, I hate I know. you saying that. I have a hard time saying that name. Investment advisor representative, I-A-R. Yeah, but you can't use the acronym. You have to spell it out. Oh, okay. I can't say I'm an I-A-R. I have to say I'm an investment advisor representative, which is why I hardly say it. <laughs> Are you an R-E-G-I-A-R? R-E-G-I-A-R. Never, to, never mind. <laughs> I'm never trying mind. to figure out what that's supposed to mean. <laughs> So I wonder how many people have retired without having a plan, Tenny, or have ever thought about what they're doing, or they just decided, you know, I'm a certain age, I really ought to retire now, but maybe they feel like they should continue working. Well, I see a lot of people who are not particularly happy with their job for one reason or another. I don't really know why all t- at all times, but... They say, I'm going to retire at 59, or I'm going to retire at 66, come hell or high water. I don't know that they've really thought about, what does that mean? What am I going to do with myself? No, most people, I suspect, don't really think about it. It's actually one of the most important decisions that we make. Many people will get it wrong. We see people that get it wrong. And you got to remember, too, that if you're married or living with somebody, you're going to spend a lot more time with that person that you decided to be married to. And if maybe the, that's, maybe if that, you're both retired. Yes. Maybe that's a good thing and maybe that's not a good thing. And I'm not so sure you can use the phrase, get it wrong. It's just that they may not have thought through the implications of what it's like to not have to go someplace every day. Uh, are you? I, do you like dressing up and going into a place where you have to be every day or not well Mm -hmm. human beings are creatures of habit so it is something that you know you have to consider because what are you going to do with yourself well if you're lucky enough that you are able to determine your own retirement age you know be glad that this is a change that's not being forced upon you but it's not a simple decision you know a lot of us know friends or relatives who thought they were emotionally ready to retire but later regretted having retired. So we're going to talk a little bit today about are you emotionally ready to retire? And some people that we talked to, they had uh, a set plan that they're going to retire at age 65. And all of a sudden, it's, you know, they come in and meet with me or meet with you, dad, and say, I'm 62. I want to retire now. I don't want to retire in three years. I'm done. I'm burnt out. Um, So, you know, it's different for everyone. And there's some people who love their jobs and don't ever want to retire. You know, one good example of that is uh, the teaching profession. There are record numbers of teachers right now who have retired because of the stress of having to deal with what's happened, you know, medically, and they just don't want to be involved in a, a stressful environment again or worried about Well, even before pandemics. pandemic, there was a lot of stress in the teaching profession. And I know a lot of teachers I actually worked exclusively with teachers back in... 2013, 2014, and 2015, and a lot of teachers were just so stressed out and burnt out that they were ready to retire even though they were, you know, in their late 30s or early 40s, and a lot of teachers I know 
actually retired from teaching and went off to a different profession. It's a tough job. It's it really is. It is a tough job. And also nowadays, you know, the teacher is held accountable for why this student is not doing well uh, academically instead of you know the parents and the student themselves. It's really just a flipped upside down world right now. Well, often the retirement timing decisions that you make, the decision on when to retire, um, a lot of times it's a mistake and it can be the exception rather than the rule. Mom, you said something just before we were about to get into the studio and you said, am I emotionally ready to retire? Well, gee, do I have to be stuck at home with my husband all day every day? And you kind of (laughs) laughed about it and joked around, but that's something to consider too. (laughs) Thank you very much. I remember my sister-in-law who couldn't bear the thought that her husband, my brother, was going to be with her all day long, every day. It's not that they didn't love each other. It's just that that, that it's hard to be with somebody 24 hours a day. So maybe you have to get out of the house more often and still remember to do that. Well, there's some couples who, you know, they may work such long days and hours. Maybe somebody's like a traveling salesman or something and they're just not home at all and so the other um, spouse is just used to that and used to having those quiet times and then all of a sudden the other spouse retires and now all of a sudden there's activity and noise throughout the house and the the other spouse is like hey what the heck for somebody who's fussy and picks on things um, or expects more things so but anyway. there are some couples who love the time all of a sudden together. Sure. My in-laws, you know, they, they love driving around and looking at different garden shops and driving down the Cape and exploring together. Hmm. I'm not sure that's what I want to do, but that's all right. Anyway, today we're going to be talking about some very particular questions that I think everybody might want to think about asking. This is based on a wonderful article that was in the Wall Street Journal recently. And so... What happens, first of all, you get into the habit of going to work every day. Every Sunday night, for example, maybe you are actually looking forward to going back to work. You're looking forward to finishing some tasks or some jobs that you started, seeing your friends and your colleagues at work. Do you look forward to going to work on Monday, or do you dread another week? Do you not like working with the people that you're working with? Well, that's you know something that people have to really do some soul searching and really think about. Um, you know, most people I would say, say, oh gosh, another Monday, uh. But you know, without having to go to work on a Monday, are you going to miss that? Are you going to miss going in and you know, finishing some tasks that you left uh, at the office on Friday and, and seeing your colleagues again and you know, telling stories about what you did over the weekend or what happened in your life over the weekend? And I like to um, have a change of wardrobe. I like to wear dresses and skirts during the week while I'm working because that makes me feel better and I think I make a, a better appearance to clients. But on weekends, I like to just wear, you know, snuggy, comfy, grungy clothes that I wouldn't want anybody to see me in. She just lets it loose and wears nothing but a muumuu. <laughs> no, that's not true. Not quite. You're very stylish. Well, there's a gentleman named Josh Gordon who once said, I am a human being with feelings and emotions and scars and flaws, just like anyone else. It's true, isn't it? We all have feelings. But do you enjoy going to work? Do you have friendships and relationships at work that are meaningful to you? Or is it a chore? That's one of the most important questions I think you can ask. 
You know, and we had a client recently tell us that their favorite part of the show, and they listen every single week for the past nine years almost, and she said her favorite part is you and your quotes. <laughs> I think that what we should do is we should task our producer and engineer Brody with going back and re-listening to every single show mm. and just pulling all of the quotes that you've done from all 475 shows or whatever it is now. Well, we saved a lot of them. I'm actually <laughs> planning to put them together in a compilation of Ray's favorite quotations, and I'm going to provide that to anybody that wants it. So keep listening to the quotations, ladies and gentlemen. When you have time. Now, that's one thing about retirement. It's, you know, do you have time to do what you want to do? You've always wanted to write a book. I was just going to say. Well, I'm doing that now. I've started. have you got the time that you want to devote to it? I'm going to do some further calendar adjustments. And just to put everybody's minds at ease, it's not my plan to retire in the normal sense of retirement. I may reduce my work schedule a little bit, take more time off, but I would not feel comfortable just being fully retired and being at home or taking up some new activity like golf. I'd probably create chaos on the golf course if I did that. Well, that's an interesting thing because two of my three kids are all of a sudden interested in golf, and I've never golfed. I've never, you know, I just don't have the time to do it. I don't don't understand how somebody can take an entire Sunday or at least a half a Sunday on the golf course. So um, I'm all of a sudden now kind of nervous about, all right, well, how do I start golfing and not make myself look like a fool, not just in front of my kids, but also in front of the other golfers? (laughs) The same way you do something like skiing. You take lessons and you get started. You know, the only way to uh, get started with anything is to make a beginning. Now, the problem is my kids want to get out there on the golf course right away and you know, I, I promised them I'd do that, so we'll see how well there's videos, that is. There's actual lessons. You know, as as human beings, we all mature physically from childhood into adolescence and then into adulthood, but our emotions always lag behind. That's from Bernard Sumner, and it's true, isn't it? How many people yeah. you know are physically grown up, but they've never emotionally retor- uh, matured? Me. No. Well, that's partly true. You've always <laughs> been a kid at heart. No, I, I am very professional and business-like, but I love acting like a kid when it's appropriate, and my kids have always appreciated that. They've always been very lucky to have you as a happy dad who does all kinds of things with them. Well, thank you. I've enjoyed it. I'm going to miss them when they're really grown up and out of the house. Well, the first question uh, that we've talked about very briefly is, are you really ready to retire emotionally? If you've already retired, does it feel like you made the right decision? Do you miss colleagues at work? You know, we have people who've worked for us over the years and maybe they've taken another job. And you know what? They still come back to visit because they've got friends here. So that's always fun, isn't it? Yeah, and our employees have always felt like family. Uh, we've always had pretty long-tenured employees, you know, a couple of exceptions, of course. But, you know, we treat our employees like family and they really have become like that and so it's not just that they have friends here they have family here and they want to come back and say hello and catch up well we're going to take a short break because we've got some exciting things coming up that we want to talk to you about we're going to be doing some seminars uh on uh the 21st which is a wednesday correct tenny Yes, I don't have that date right in front of me, but I believe that's... Yeah, Wednesday the 21st. Yep. 
We're going to be doing them and at six thirty. Noon and six thirty. We're going to be doing them here at the office, but you must register. So in just a moment, somebody's going to give you some further information about what number to call if you'd like to come. And you will, you'll be masked and protected and safe. Yeah, there's a, a divider in between each table, and we're only allowing one couple or one um, single person at each table as well. And a maximum of 12. So stay tuned. We're going to be talking about that in just a moment. Hi, this is Shannon from Lance Law. We are excited to once again be able to host live seminars at our office located on Fonts Corner Road in Dartmouth. Our next workshop will be held on Wednesday, April 21st at 12 p.m. and 6.30 p.m. Light refreshments will be served at both. We'll be discussing the importance of estate planning, including wills versus trusts, how to avoid nursing home costs, as well as how to plan for a successful retirement. Everyone's health and safety is our number one priority, and we are asking that attendees wear masks during the presentation. To register for this event, please visit our website at www.lancelawinc.com or call us at 508-998-8800. And stay tuned for information on upcoming seminars happening in various locations in the very near future. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We're talking this morning about are you emotionally ready to retire so besides the fact of whether you're emotionally ready to retire, are you going to miss work? Are you going to find it comfortable to be at home more often or to be doing other kinds of things in your life? But the second most important thing we need to talk about is what, Pete? Well, have you really thought about if you're able to retire? Finances. Financially, are you able to retire? And if so, do you have to cut anything out of your budget uh, if money becomes tight during retirement? In other words... The lifestyle that you're living right now, do you enjoy it? I'm sure that you do. When you retire, do you have the same means to continue that lifestyle? Maybe you like to go out to eat once a week. Uh, maybe you like to travel twice a year on a cruise. Maybe you like to go and visit family who lives in California or Florida. Will you have the same means in retirement to do those things, or do you have to cut some things out of your budget in order to you know, maintain that lifestyle. So we can help with that kind of an analysis, can't we, Pete? Always. We start with a budget, then we wanna see what are your normal income sources. Are you gonna collect Social Security? Will you have a pension? Do you have other assets that you can convert into income? We'll help you do that. And I like to say this often, I know, but every single person is different and every single person, every single client is like a puzzle and no, um, nobody's going to have the same goals. Nobody's going to have the same assets. So we always get creative with, you know, which accounts do you draw on first uh, in retirement? Do you start taking Social Security right, right away or do you delay taking that and gain your 8% uh, per year that you delay? Um, we're very creative with what we can do both with taxes and with, you know, making sure that you take the money out of the right account so you can stretch the money as long as possible. Well, I'm going to give you a quotation from Virginia Woolf. She's one of my favorite English authors. She wrote a book called The Waves, uh, for example. And by the way, I majored in English literature in college. And Virginia Woolf once said, I can only note that the past is beautiful because no one ever realizes an emotion at the time. It expands later, and thus we don't have complete emotions about the present, only about the past. So think about I, that thought for a minute. I don't fully agree with her. I think 
there are many situations where you can fully appreciate what's going on in the present. Yeah, but I anyway. Think, I think I would probably agree with that too, but I liked her, I liked her writing. It was fairly uh, simple writing. That was a long quote though, but I agree with mom that, uh, well, I've, I've had to sort of learn to be more present and more in the moment. Uh, it's a whole different world with you know phones. People are always staring at their phones, staring at their tablets, staring at their computer screens, staring at their Netflix. And you know I've been trying to be more cognizant, especially when home with my kids, of putting the phone down. Uh, sometimes I'll be really interested in texting someone or doing something, researching something on my phone, and my daughter will say, Daddy, Daddy, and I'll say, yeah, uh-huh, and then she'll start talking, and something will click in my brain, and I'll say, hey, dummy, put the phone down. Your daughter's seven years old. She's trying to talk to you, and probably in two years, she's not even going to want to give you the time of day, so appreciate the moment and spend some time looking into your daughter's eyes and hearing what she has to say because it's important to her. So how many times have I looked at you and said, Pete, be present? So simply being present means that if somebody is with you, look at them, talk to them, and don't be looking at something else. And well, obviously, when I'm meeting with a client, the phone isn't even in the room with me. Um, but no, I mean, even right now, the phone is next to me, and I haven't looked at it yet uh, during this whole radio show yet. But of course, we're doing a radio show. But often, I'd say probably three times every radio show, something will come up that I want to research who said that quote, um, you know, what statistic were we just talking about, and is it accurate? Um, so it's a blessing and a curse to have, you know, this technology at your fingertips. It's a blessing for me to not even know how to do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a curse for me that you don't know how to do it. I know. <laughs> you leave, she leaves her phone at home most days, and, you know, we'll try to call her for important things. And I forget it. Well, technology is <laughs> important for some people. It's not as important for others. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, absolutely. Here's another important question when it comes to the emotional side of thinking about retirement. Should you retire? Are you enjoying retirement if you are already retired? So here's a good important question. What do my already retired friends, relatives, and colleagues think about whether I'm ready to retire? That's a good question to ask, isn't it, Tenny? It's a good question, but I'm not sure that you can rely on how others feel because they're not you. I mean, I know people who are thrilled about being retired, and I know people who are pretty bored. Um, I think I would be pretty bored. So no matter me too, no matter whether my friends are happy, uh, it's not going to work for me. No, I've always got ten other things that I would like to do, ten other projects. Well, I think also, I mean, you do need to talk to certainly your spouse, obviously. People you trust. Your sure. friends, you know, maybe some colleagues, and say, you know, what do you think about if I should retire um, or not? Uh, and it is important to get some advice from others. And I, I think that women, you know, a lot of women who are successful have um, worked harder than a lot of men because they feel like they have to and, and they feel like they have to, you know, establish themselves more than men do, and that's not been fair, and it's, I don't know when it's going to be better. It's, it's gotten a little bit better. Um, but I think a lot of women feel a little bit insecure about their next steps, especially when it comes to retirement. Mm -hmm. No, I, I think that's a good, accurate uh, comment. I think that's uh, very true. So some people love their jobs, and yet if you want to make a change, some people are afraid that 
you know, it'll bring back depression that you had earlier in your career because you've had a purpose to work on. So I think you need to think about these things. I think you need to think about, um, you know, what are you going to do when you retire? We'll come on that subject in just a minute. I'm hoping that when most people retire, that maybe there's a little time they have they can give to somebody else. Well, you know, whether it's community that's one or, thing. Yep, one thing I've thought a lot about is if I did retire, what, how would I want to volunteer? Uh, what what entities would I want to support? Because I know that I couldn't just stay at home and do nothing. Um, volunteering, I think, is even more difficult than a job because you don't have to be there. You sort of have to force yourself to be committed. Um, and other people get to rely on you if you do volunteer regularly. So it's a toughie. Well, I want to give you a quotation from Paul Cezanne. You know who he was, right, Tenny? An artist. He was a famous artist. He said, genius is the ability to renew one's emotions in daily experience. Oh, another hard thing to achieve. You're quoting things for people that I think are, are difficult to achieve. But that's all right. Makes well, I'm us thinking think. about Winston Churchill, for example. Winston Churchill did some really very interesting, nice paintings. But he didn't really do a lot of work with his paintings until he was much older in life. Right. And he reinvented himself at least three or four times sure. throughout his life. Well, your quotes today are very deep, very long and wordy and yeah, they're not, not they're as not interesting and fun of, as you normally have. But that's all right. They make you think. They well, make I did think. some research on uh, quotations involving emotions because we're talking about are you ready emotionally to retire? You and have to think about these things. The next question that you have to ask yourself is when you retire, are you going to retire fully immediately? Or are you going to look for more of like a part-time, a more gradual retirement? Um, you know, most people, I would say, go cold turkey. And that means that they're working one day and the next day they're not. Um, is part-time work even realistic in your field? Um, or is part-time work even something that you're interested in? And maybe it's in a different field? Um, Sometimes I think, what fun it would be to just work um, part-time cooking french fries or something. I mean, you wouldn't have to use your brain at all. That's <laughs> what sometimes is difficult in the job I have now is that you're constantly thinking and worrying and did you do the right thing for your client? If you made french fries, you wouldn't have to worry about that. So how about if we put a french fry maker in the kitchen in the office and when sure. you're tired of doing one thing, you could go make french fries. And then make everybody else in the office happy. No. And fat. Yep. <laughs> but no, that's something to consider. And, you know, you talked about volunteering before, Mom. Um, I love to be a service to the community, but I just don't have the time as much as I would like. Well, you've got three young children. You know, I, I volunteer as a baseball coach, but that's not really volunteering where it's needed most in terms of, you know, the homeless or the needy. Um, I did something this past Thanksgiving that I'm going to do every year going forward. Somebody asked me a week before, hey, would you like to donate? your time to um, bring Thanksgiving meals around to those who don't even have the money to have a normal Thanksgiving dinner. And I did that and all it was was a turkey sandwich. You know, it was bread and turkey and gravy and mashed potatoes and a water or diet Pepsi and that was it. And that was their whole Thanksgiving meal and it really, you know, hit me as to, geez, that's what these people are getting for Thanksgiving. And 
they were so grateful for me to drop these off. I hope you'll tell me more about that um, next Thanksgiving because I've always felt that I needed to be more uh, helpful to others on that day. I'd love to do that kind of thing or go and cook somewhere for a uh, I was going to say, you cook so much that how would you even have the time? Because your your day on Thanksgiving is, you know, 7 in the morning until 7 at night. You're cooking or cleaning. But do we really need that many side dishes? <laughs> uh, no, Pete, do you know who B.B. King is? Of course. Or was? Who was he? The best blues man ever. He was a phenomenal guitarist, wasn't he? He was. So he once said, I wanted to connect my guitar to human emotions. Hmm. Think about that. I mean, he was a crazy guitar player. Phenomenally successful. He was outstanding. And uh, my favorite guitarist of all time is actually Stevie Ray Vaughan. And there's a YouTube video of him and B.B. King playing together. And as amazing a guitarist as Stevie Ray Vaughan is, he uh, just looked in awe that he was on stage next to B.B. King. What about Willie Nelson? He's a terrific guitarist. Willie Nelson is a phenomenal guitar player also. Well, let's move on with Are You Ready to Retire Emotionally? And first, I think we'll take a very short break again and remind people that on Wednesday, April 21st, we're going to be doing some seminars to talk about estate planning and financial decisions that are really important if you're thinking about retirement or at any time for that matter. So somebody's going to tell you a little bit more about that in uh, just a moment. It's going to be at our office at 352 Fonts Corner Road. You must make a reservation by calling 508-998-8800. And it's going to be a very safe environment with a limited number of people. Hi, this is Shannon from Lance Law. We are excited to once again be able to host live seminars at our office located on Fonts Corner Road in Dartmouth. Our next workshop will be held on Wednesday, April 21st, at 12 p.m. and 6.30 p.m. Light refreshments will be served at both. We'll be discussing the importance of estate planning, including wills versus trusts, how to avoid nursing home costs, as well as how to plan for a successful retirement. Everyone's health and safety is our number one priority, and we are asking that attendees wear masks during the presentation. To register for this event, please visit our website at www.lancelawinc.com or call us at 508 508- Nine nine eight 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 zero zero, and stay tuned for information on upcoming seminars happening in various locations in the very near future. So I'm reminded, ladies and gentlemen, as we come back and say welcome once again, that Jimi Hendrix was also an outstanding guitarist. But I happen to like Willie Nelson. Willie Nelson is phenomenal on the guitar, and you don't realize a lot of his songs that he's actually playing the guitar. I had the pleasure of seeing him at the Zyterian Theater a few years back. I think there was a break in his schedule or something. It was a last-minute decision for him to come here, and it was an outstanding concert. So here's another question to ask when you're thinking about are you emotionally ready to retire? Are you ready emotionally? So Would I like to work part-time? Sorry. You want to say something about guitars? Uh, yeah. Um, I actually already just mentioned that also. Okay. Um so because you were talking about B.B. King, and everyone knows what an amazing guitarist he is, and my favorite guitar player is Stevie Ray Vaughan, once again I had to grab my phone because I remembered that B.B. King once said a really uh, great quote about Stevie Ray Vaughan, and that is, I've said that playing the blues is like having to be black twice. Stevie Ray Vaughan missed on both counts. 
but I never noticed. <laughs> well, that's wonderful. That's a wonderful quotation. Is that your first quotation, Pete? No, I've done quotations before. <laughs> okay, so you can look up one by Stevie Ray Vaughan, and I'm going to just basically say, you know, a lot of people don't like the thought of being totally out of the workforce, so maybe they can't afford it financially. So for a lot of people, working part-time is something to do. could even be driving a school bus. There are many, many jobs that need to be filled, aren't there? Is it realistic? You... Unfortunately, a lot of part-time jobs require physical stamina that's harder for people, like standing on your feet all day or, sure. or driving a truck or whatever. Or, Tenny, what you could do perhaps is go to some of the senior centers or councils on aging and say, I'm going to give a lecture for 30 minutes on things that you ought to think about for protecting your family with your retirement plan or your legal documents. Yeah, I'd love to do that. Now, yeah. one thing that's really interesting here is part of this New York Times article mm -hmm. is there's a whole uh, poll that was done. Um, it was quite a while ago. It was 2011 to 2016. They did a survey of those 40 and under, those 41 to 55, and those 56 and older. And one of the questions is, how close do you feel to your partner emotionally? And 40 and under, not very close, is fairly high. But interestingly, 41 to 55 is very high for people who say they do not feel very close to their partner. And then as soon as you get to 56 and older, people feel a lot closer. Fairly close and very close to extremely close is much higher and not very close at all is like minuscule. So it's almost like... You know, you get married and you go through a great phase and then you kind of get tired and sick of each other for a while. And then if you can last that through that period, then all of a sudden you turn a corner and you're very close to them again. I don't know. It's re really interesting seeing this. Well, maybe you feel like, holy crap, I'm really old and I don't look as good as I used to. I'm not going to find anybody anyway. Maybe I better stick with the person I'm with. I'm stuck here. i got to make the most of it. I think people, especially my age, are doing more and more to stay younger looking and better looking as they get older. I know my wife looks better now than she has probably ever in our lives, and she's had three kids, so that's pretty good. What's the song from the Beatles, Will You Still Hold Me, Will You Still Love will Me When I'm 64? Will you still need me, will you still feed, feed me, me? Feed me. When, when I'm, I'm 64. Food becomes more important, I suspect, when you get older, doesn't it? Funny that the Beatles wrote that when they were like 19 years old, though. Yeah. <laughs> but then the other thing is, same, same exact situation, another question, what is your level of happiness with your personal life? And same thing, 40 and under, not very happy is much bigger than anything else. 41 to 55 is even bigger. And then once somebody reaches 56 and older, all of a sudden they're happy with their personal life. So maybe that's because they're happy with their spouse. I don't know. It's called brain decay. <laughs> no. no, no, no. No, you have to look on the bright side, right? Yeah, I think people... Uh, begin to realize that their lives are um, pretty okay, and uh, they're much more fortunate, most people, than, than some others. So we have to have some positive thoughts, don't we, Tony? Right. So here's something from Thomas Jefferson, believe it or not. The glow of one warm thought is to me worth more than money. The glow of one warm what? One, one warm thought. Oh, thought. I thought you said foot. I couldn't no, figure out what you were talking that's about. That's the old foot-in-the-mouth trick. <laughs> right. No. Not. <laughs> um, I'm not sure about this one. This one is Edward G. Bulwer-Lytton. 
Love thou the rose, yet leave it on its stem. Uh, don't sure. think we want right. to go there. We'll pass that one. What, what, what were you doing when you were researching the quotes for this week? You... <laughs> I think it was well, when I was having my Friday night cocktail. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Do you have hobbies or interests that could fill your time or volunteer work? I mean, we in this room, all of us, do volunteer work sometimes. Tanya, you've done work with the Dartmouth Cultural Center. Is that what it's called? Yes. Center? Yep. And you've done a lot of work over the years with Whale and uh, the Waterfront Historic Area League. You've served on their board of directors. You've helped write grant applications that produced uh, some important projects for New Bedford, like putting all the cobblestones back in the historic district. And we've felt very happy doing things for the church. Yep, we've done a lot of church things. You've done a lot of volunteer things, Pete. You're still an on-call firefighter in Dartmouth, so you volunteer time there. Uh, well, Mom, that was one of the really highlights of your life, I would think, is what you've done and the legacy that you've left for writing that grant and delivering it up to Boston for the <laughs> cobblestones in New Bedford and the uh, the old gas lantern replicas. And they're not cobblestones, they're block stones. Block stones. <laughs> okay. Well, either way, I bet a lot of people curse you when they ride with That's their right. bad suspension, but I think most people <laughs> think that's, I think it's great. That well, was a wonderful <laughs> opportunity for me, really. It was, there was a, um, a grant due on the Friday before Columbus Day weekend, and I was pregnant with you, about six months pregnant. You've been bouncing around a lot, Pete. <laughs> I had to get that damn grant application delivered up to downtown Boston on a Friday night before a long weekend, being six months pregnant. And fortunately, the EDA guy stuck around. I called him and said, I'm on my way, I'm on my way. And he waited for me. I'll be forever grateful to him. Sometimes deadlines are difficult. So every time I'm downtown New Bedford and I see those block stones, I think of you <laughs> and what you what you did for that. Yep. Well, you know, a cobblestone is the rounded um, stone that's been made round by being in the water or whatever. Well, block stones the are the cut square stones. Mm. And they also served as ballast in boats that that's came right. across the ocean. And yeah. then they had to do something with the stones when they got here, so they put them in piles. And now they're beautiful. <laughs> right. So... Simone de Beauvier once said, to catch a husband is an art. To hold him is a job. How's that one? Mom and I are both silent on that one as well. It's, All right, hmm. I'll find some better ones. All right, so here's, here's a puzzle for you. Here's a test of your knowledge. Who said this? In this world, nothing can be said to be certain except death and taxes. The clock is ticking. Dum, 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 I know, dum. Uh, um, and I should know it. It was he said also wrote in the Poor Richard's Almanac. Ah, Ben. Benjamin Franklin said that. Anyway, let's uh, talk about hobbies. Um, do you have particular hobbies? If you were going to be retired or partially retired, Jenny, what would you do for hobbies at home? Well, that's part of my problem about thinking about retiring because I don't have a whole lot of hobbies. I'm not, I don't have a an smidgen of creativity in my body to do crafty things like painting or uh, sewing. Jen or thinks that you should take up, you know, not sewing, but uh, knit work. 
Yeah, crochet. Crocheting? Except that I'm left-handed, and to learn that, I could never learn to knit, for example, because most people knit right-handed, and it's totally backwards. YouTube. YouTube. Yes, I guarantee. We do watch a lot of YouTube. I guarantee there are (laughs) 100 videos on left-handed crochet lessons. But it isn't Mm. interesting to me. It isn't. You like gardening. It isn't fulfilling gardening when it's warm. Well, some people will have hobbies. Some people will do volunteer work. I think it's really neat to think about doing volunteer work. So if you don't have a particular hobby or an area of artistic ability that you're interested in or music or anything of that nature, why don't you think about doing something of a volunteer nature? There's always things that need to be done. Absolutely. I'm, I'm always impressed with the people in my church who work the uh, food wagon that goes around to different places in New Bedford to offer free food where it's needed. Peter's making a face. He's coming up with something here. Uh, There's about 100 videos. Mikey's free online crochet work for beginners who are (laughs) left-handed. How to control your tension left-handed. Quickest blanket ever left-handed. How to crochet for absolute beginners left-handed. But what if I don't have any interest in that? Well, then don't even think about doing it. Besides, you couldn't do it anyways because you've always got a cat in your lap. I was just going to say the cats are going to want to play with the string all the time. That would be interesting. So here's a quotation. This is especially for uh, Tenny, and it's especially for folks who like wine. This is from Diogenes. Uh, He was a Greek philosopher from way back a couple of thousand years ago. What I like to drink most is wine that belongs to others. <laughs> I wish I could be in that category. <laughs> ah, I drink my own wine happily, though. Well, you were just talking, Dad, about, uh, you know, do you have friends outside of your work who you're going to spend time with also? And, you know, for the guys listening, your wife's friends are not necessarily your friends, so don't try to push that relationship if it's not already something that's a friendly relationship between all three of you. So do you have your own friends outside of your work? Mm -hmm. And, you know, is it enough for you to just have those friends? Or are you going to, you know, want to get to learn some new friends in order to spend some time? Or maybe you're just happy to spend the time alone or just with your spouse? No, I do have friends. I don't have a huge number of friends because I keep a very busy work schedule. But uh, one of my greatest areas of friendship is uh, my participation in the Masonic fraternity. So I have many friends and many brothers in the Masons. I'm an active member of Star in the East Lodge up on County Street. Um, I'm participating in a committee right now. I'm a past master of the lodge, by the way. But I'm, we're also working on a 200th anniversary of our lodge, and one of the things that I'm doing is uh, helping on that committee to help plan it. So, yes, I've got a lot of friends. We're going to come back again after our last individual break, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to talk just briefly about the upcoming seminars that we have in our office on Wednesday, April 21st at noontime and at 6.30 p.m. If you'd like to attend, give the office a call at 508-998-8800 or 508-998-8800. 8858. But we'll be right back. Hi, this is Shannon from Lance Law. We are excited to once again be able to host live seminars at our office located on Fonts Corner Road in Dartmouth. 
Our next workshop will be held on Wednesday, April 21st at 12 p.m. and 6.30 p.m. Light refreshments will be served at both. We'll be discussing the importance of estate planning, including wills versus trusts, how to avoid nursing home costs, as well as how to plan for a successful retirement. Everyone's health and safety is our number one priority, and we are asking that attendees wear masks during the presentation. To register for this event, please visit our website at www.lancelawinc.com or call us at 508-998-8800. And stay tuned for information on upcoming seminars happening in various locations in the very near future. So welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Jackson Brown Jr. once said, the best preparation for tomorrow is doing your best today. And boy, isn't that the truth. And the truth is absolutely the same for retirement. Tenny, let's just take a quick moment and talk about what important documents should people have before they retire. I just had a medical appointment recently and talked to my own doctor, and we're going to be doing his estate plan very shortly. Well, um, people uh, tend to delay doing this, as we all know. People need to have certain documents in place. They need to have either a will or a trust, and uh, both are fine. We prefer trust for most people. Um, That's for what will happen to things you own after you die. But what people fail to remember is that it's important to have documents in place for while you're alive, if anything should happen to you. Well, for one thing, we don't know when we're going to die. You don't right. know when something will happen. You don't know when, if you become disabled or if you're in a car accident. You know, right. one of our former employees um, was in a really tough accident caused by a drunk driver. Yep. And it was not her fault at all. And she was really severely interest, uh, vis- injured. She came in to visit us uh, just a couple of weeks ago. It was really nice to see her again. And... You don't know when things happen. They happen unexpectedly. But while you're alive, you need to have some documents in place. You need to have a durable power of attorney for property, and you need to have your health care documents because if you are in an accident and you're unconscious being treated, somebody needs to care for your body and care for your property. And that doesn't happen without a court intervention unless you do these documents that I'm talking about. Yeah, who was it that you said said that to you recently? You met t- with I'm sorry, what? You met with somebody recently who said, "I just don't understand why all these people don't have their documents. They don't have just the most basic things that it was somebody that you met with recently." Oh, it was it was one of my clients. We have some really But where did she work? It was something that she it was it, it related a, a to a bank. Uh, I don't remember. I'm I thought sorry. she worked with a lot of seniors, and she was just amazed at how many seniors did not have the most basic of documents in place. Probably, or uh, we had a a teacher not long ago into the office who thought, "Why don't teachers have these things?" So, yes, there are very important documents that everybody ought to have, and we keep saying it again and again, and we hope that people will listen. And it doesn't cost anything to come in for a consultation to do that, does it? Right. Well, you know, we were talking really quickly about uh, friends, and will you have friends to do things with when you retire? Will you have organizations to belong to? You can join a new organization. You can look at things like councils on aging. You can take senior trips. There's all kinds of things you can do. You know, men tend to think that their wives' friends are their own, 
but they're not. And there is a famous quote that says, I married you for better or for worse, but not for lunch. <laughs> but you probably, well, you, you may have different friends from your spouse, for example. Well, assumedly that would be the best thing, yes, because you need a well-rounded life. You know, one thing that's always been interesting to me that I've been aware of is that life is really, really a wonderful thing. It's important, and you have to use every minute of every day to be as useful and as productive as possible. So the thought of sitting around and doing nothing just isn't part of my nature. Um, I don't think that I could get up and comfortably just sit down and read um, because that's, that's just not being no, I could, active. I could spend maybe an hour a day reading, but then yep. I would need to be doing something. Right. And preferably something active, going for walks, getting and more exercise. And something productive. Yep. One of my favorite singers, by the way, is um, Loretta Lynn. I've always liked her music. And boy, didn't she have a tough life growing up. She grew up in the coal mines of Kentucky area. Family had uh, virtually nothing. Her mother made her a coat once out of scraps of cloth. Well, my mother used to make my brothers their winter coats out of old men's top coats. And she actually wrote a song about it, A Coat of Many Colors. It's a fun song to listen to. But she once said, Loretta Lynn, in the long run, you make your own luck, good, bad, or indifferent. And... um, I'm going to give you a few other quotes from her in a minute. So here's an important question to ask as we're winding uh, down our show today. What role is my partner or my spouse playing in my decision about retirement? Are you going to do it together? What happens if one spouse has an opportunity to retire now and the other spouse either doesn't want to or really is of different age and can't afford to or you need to have one income coming in? We see a lot of those kinds of situations, don't we, Tenny? Yes. Um, it's, it's, it's a tough transition time for people. Just as going from childhood to adulthood, going from adulthood to retirementhood is a tough time. What if you have medical issues? One spouse has medical issues and they think, I don't want to keep working because maybe I'm not going to have as long a life as I originally thought that I might. And so I want to retire and do something that I can do to enjoy what years I have left. And that's valid. We've seen that happen. But it should be a conversation that occurs between you and your partner. Uh, You can't just make this decision in a vacuum. And we've seen every kind of situation you can imagine, haven't we, Pete? We sure have everything that you could possibly imagine. So, Tenny, I know uh, fairly recently uh, you had a woman come in the office and you're doing a trust estate plan for her and her husband, but her husband wasn't here because he has, I'm not sure if it was M- MS or something. MS. He's got MS, and he's failing pretty badly. Um, he not only can't drive at all, but he's having difficulty communicating. And so he has enough cognition, apparently, that he'll be able to direct his wife to sign his name. He can't even sign his name. Yep, people so, people certainly run into some horrible, difficult situations. So that last question that you just asked, Ed, what role is my partner playing in my decision about retirement? That's a real important one, and 
there's a, a survey that says the number one reason that people feel that they might divorce after retirement was because they wanted to live in different places and have different lifestyles. And then this uh, article goes into a very particular story about uh, a couple that the, this woman had been counseling for four years. And uh, the man loved to ski, and he said he wanted to plan different exotic ski vacations in retirement. And the wife had no interest in skiing, no interest in going to cold places, and just wanted to play tennis and lay on the beach. And so they really fought a lot about whose vacation they were going to do next. And so that's something that you really need to consider is talking to your spouse about where you want to live and what you want to do in retirement. And, you know, maybe you go on separate vacations. Uh, for some people, that might work. Um, but it's something you need to talk about. It's something, you know, my wife and I already talk about, and we're only in our mid-40s. I want to live in New Hampshire. She wants a beach house, you know, in this area and possibly even further south. Yep. I've talked in the past about uh, George Washington. Of course, they didn't have pensions for presidents back then. When he retired from the presidency, he was broke. He didn't have any money. He had to figure out how to work, right? And so do you remember what he did? Yep. What? He was a farmer, but he eventually used his um, farm area to grow uh, the kinds of materials that would allow him to make whiskey. Corn and so forth. So in his retirement, his retirement plan was that he made whiskey to support himself, which was suggested by his uh, nephew. Yep. I want to give you a quotation from Loretta Lynn. Her husband was named Do, D-O-O. He, he was called. And she said, Do never actually made moonshine but he hauled about an ocean of it. <laughs> mm-hmm. So sometimes you support yourself in different ways you didn't think about. What an interesting name, Do. You know, she called him Do. Must have been short for something. Don't do it, Do. <laughs> <laughs> what did you say? Which do you mean? <laughs> well, think about what you want to do in your daytime, in your mornings, in your evenings. You might use morning time for... Uh, certain daily rituals, like maybe you get up and exercise, maybe you go for a walk, maybe you meditate, maybe you do something spiritual for yourself. Um, but you've got 24 hours every day, and you need to make good use of it. Um, so uh, that's why I can't consider retiring, because what in heaven's name would I do that's useful? Now, we talked about this a while ago, but I have a whole list of things that I want to get into with the hobby with regards to hobbies and so don't wait until retirement Pete start some of them now you got to start some of them now when the kids are growing up maybe didn't you start taking guitar lessons or aren't you starting to work with a guitar now yep I have been so do it say I'm going to learn to do this really well Loretta Lynn also once said I get along with all the women singers but especially Dolly Parton we talk the same hillbilly language so I, I don't just, think do like Dolly. I don't know. <laughs> I think do like more than <laughs> Dolly. <laughs> I think do had some elaborate? other women at one point. <laughs> okay. Well, we won't go in that direction. <laughs> I don't know who Loretta, Loretta Lynn is, so I don't know what. You don't, you don't know? know Loretta Lynn? No. Oh, my word. I'm going to play you some music. Oh, I'm going to put on some headphones. <laughs> That's a good way to listen to the music. <laughs> well, we've talked, been talking today about some things to think about. Are you emotionally ready to retire? And part of this, if you have a partner, have a spouse, is 
Do my partner and I have similar ideas about travel or where we want to live? So we're just talking about that a little bit, Pete. I would not want to live year-round in a place like Florida, ever. It's too hot. Heavens, no. And I'm not sure I'd want to live very long in Florida. Well, there's too many old people there. (laughs) It's boring. (laughs) I don't want to ever get old. There's not a lot of cultural things going on down there. But it is important to have a schedule and talk about what you plan to do when you retire. And have a plan. We'll help you with it. You and I talk about wanting to travel. We absolutely love to travel. The more we travel, the better as far as we're concerned. But travel means money, and uh, that's, a, that's a difficult thing for most folk. Yeah, we've had I, clients who have actually done reverse mortgages. They had enough money to live uh, in retirement, but basically uh, they wanted to have a reverse mortgage just to have more money so that they could do traveling. And then I heard recently about uh, a church person that we both know that um, decided to retire, he and his wife, and they bought an Airstream camper, and they're just touring. They sold their house. We're going to do a whole special show on that. There are people who live really frugally, and then they actually retire and change their whole lifestyle when they're about 40 or 42 years old. And they go mobile, and that's their life, and they've figured out how to support themselves doing that. And remember what we did. We started sort of at the other end of our lives. When we were in our 20s, we sold everything and went to Europe and toured Europe in a Volkswagen camper for several months. And now if you had kept that camper, you could have a huge retirement (laughs) asset. Yep. So as we wrap up today, um, I just want to say thank you for listening. Think about retirement think about the emotional side of retirement think about the planning side of retirement and make sure you do a plan because if you do you're going to live a lot more comfortably and you're going to leave a lot more for your family a financial plan so thank you tenny let's hope we are on the same page when it comes to even a partial retirement (laughs) uh pete you got a long ways to go so keep on working thank you ladies and gentlemen